Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to the third season of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Carl, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk's French edition. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hello, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am also a mom of two. Before we get started, I would love to tell you guys all about the local love fund that's sponsored by United Way. So our collective response to COVID-19 calls upon our resourcefulness, resilience, and ability to take care of one another. So do you have a new and creative way to for supporting your community? United Way is, of course, here to help. So they have up to $1,000 available for your community project. So for more information or to apply, you can visit uwlm.ca. We will also be posting the link on social media as well as in the show notes. Also, they are always looking for volunteers to help support those in need. So to register, you can visit www.ivolunteer.ca. Thank you, Heather. And I want to share that Heather and I are part of that love fund because we host um meetups for mothers to give them a space to meet in real life so uh, it's amazing to work with united way so if you have something reach out if you know a project or if you have an idea reach out to them don't hesitate because right now we need each other and i think it's an awesome time to make a difference what do you think heather definitely yes we yeah. can all get through this together <laughs> yes absolutely and today we're talking about why we struggle as much as we do as parents in today's world. And we have with us Ashley Avinashi from Raising Humanity. Welcome, Ashley. Welcome to Parent Talk Podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's so great to have you. We've been wanting to have you on the show for a while, so it's <laughs> it's amazing and we can connect right now in this crazy, it's kind of a crazy time right now, don't you think? Mm, yeah, it's it's uh, brought a lot of uncertainty forth, that's for sure. But that being said, I mean, we we generally navigate through a lot of uncertainty through our days. It just happens to really be under a magnifying glass right now. <laughs> so there's a lot yes. that most of us are moving through. So I wanted to ask, ask you, uh, Ashley, what made you switch from a successful corporate then entrepreneur career into a supporting and healing path for parents? Hmm. Yeah, that's a big question, but can be answered quite easily. And I think many of the listeners may be able to relate and, and you both as well. You know, when prior to having children, you think that you've got your life under control. Everything seems to be just right. You can control your diet. You can control how your days run. You can control every th aspect of how you are navigating through your life. And then the kids arrive. And you realize that it's probably the one thing in your life that you can no longer control. And you try and you try. And I tried with my first and then the second came around and I thought, oh, this isn't getting any easier. There's no formulas. There's no quick fixes to get me to a place of believing that I have full control of the situation. And you know how much in our world we are taught to try and control our external circumstances. 
So this really catapulted me into a journey of starting to understand what was behind my need to control, my desire to control, my desire to keep it all together, my desire to handle it all, to be this superwoman type personality on the outside that I had established for myself with or without kids. And as I started to dive into that, I came to the realization that there was so much more waiting for me on this journey, as it is with both, as it is for all parents, I think, you know, there, the lessons that are available to us through the parenting journey are so immense and go well beyond anything that the intellect can comprehend. And that's really where it began for me, was diving right into the work that my mom had been doing for decades, which I was aware was being done in the world, but I had gotten really busy in my distractions, in my day-to-day life, in keeping everything, you know, quite, quite well framed on the outside, but not really having that deep, rich fulfillment alongside these children that I was supposedly meant to be happy with. It was a real struggle. That was the truth of it. Each and every day, I had no idea how the day would go, as it so happens with parenting. So I had no choice but to dive in deeper. And with Mm -hmm. that, as I started to lean into the process, I started to see that I wasn't alone in this. There were so many parents across the planet, across all borders, across all boundaries, as I started to explore parenting forums and circles and podcasting groups that were experiencing what I was experiencing. And from that, I realized that that's where my real passion was. It was really related to the real work that's required of us as parents to foster the connection that I know at that time I was so much craving. It was the one thing that I had my heart set on, but was running in the opposite direction from achieving and obtaining in a meaningful way. So that's that's how the, the leap was made, was through a lot of hardship, a lot of pain, a lot of struggle, and a lot of turning that around to embrace what the possibilities are. Right. So what is behind the chronic struggle that most parents face in today's world? Yeah, so we've identified control. I mean, truth be told, we are in a society here, particularly in the West, where we do live quite a linear path. You know, we we go to school, we get the graduate degree, whatever it may be. We go off and we work, we get the house, we get the cars, we get the children. And that's part of the paradigm of success, whether we want to admit that or not. That was surely the case for me. And I see it being the case for many others, where they equate having children with a certain level of the success and then raising the children in a certain way with another level of success. So I think our need for that particular part of our life to look a certain way is definitely at the crux of the struggle. And what's underneath that, if we start to look at it a little bit more deeply, is really the old paradigm, which our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors may have lived with as well, was this hierarchical model where parents are the teachers, parents are in control, And parents dictate where the children and how the children will navigate through their lives. So if I suggest that you be a doctor, that you be a lawyer, that you be an engineer, as it was in my culture very often, then that's a trajectory you'll take to keep up the family name and ensure that you are being responsible to the family. 
upholding their name and upholding the vision of where we're meant to go. Now, what we're finding at this very moment is parents are really at a crossroads because they understand that, sure, that may have worked in past generations, but we all know talking in this space now that there are so many opportunities to parent differently. And the pendulum has swung. It's swung to free range parenting. Let's be totally liberated. Let's not have any rules. And now I think the pendulum is really coming back to the midpoint where we're saying, how can we really adjust ourselves well enough to know that, yes, we as parents are also being taught by the children that we are walking alongside. And this is where the struggle is really coming in for a lot of parents is, am I willing to give up my notion of control, my old patterning, my old imprinting that's told me that I'm meant to be more senior in this relationship. And it's not to say that children don't need boundaries. Of course they need boundaries. Of course they need guidance. They work best when they are contained to some extent. But really control is the first point that I'd like to address there. Because most of us up until the point of having children have had basically 100% control of our lives or attempted to have 100% control of our lives. And I love this Buddhist saying, and it's come up a lot in you know recent times that we're going through. And it's, and it's just funny when people do speak to it because it says, relax, nothing is within our control. And here in the West, we almost have the opposite perspective where we only relax when we perceive that everything's within our control. So my invitation here is to really say, hey, can we relax when everything is out of our control as it is now? Can we relax when the children aren't behaving as per our preconceived notion as as to how they should behave? So I would say that's first and foremost, is we are evolving so quickly as a humanity that we're now right up against these children who are now representing future possibilities and we haven't quite caught up because we don't necessarily have all the tools. We haven't been in the practice of processing our emotions, which we know. I mean, midlife process or midlife um, crisis is all too common in the West because we go 30, 40, 50, 60 years without even really giving ourselves space to slow down and be in our emotional process which means we're really taking inventory as to what beliefs are lying underneath our emotions. So that would, that's what I would say is first and foremost, is this whole shift of paradigm, this whole shifting paradigm around control. Secondly, I would say it's the unmet needs, the needs that have gone unmet through our childhood. And this is related to the belief systems that I just mentioned. So basically prior to the age of seven, of the beliefs that most of us end up living the rest of our lives with are established. They are present in our subconscious and continue to run our lives and are basically a system on autopilot, you know, a computer program that will depict every action of ours for the rest of our lives until conscious attention is brought to our lives and why we do what we do. So this is the second major component as to why we are in constant struggle, because we don't realize that we are being directed by something that we are not even aware of. 
And that's a really hard concept to grasp, right? Because we think, well, if I want to eat ice cream, I'm going to go to the fridge and take my bowl of ice cream and have it and maybe go for seconds or thirds or fourths, right? That's fully in my control. And that's a perception that I have. But the truth is there's an entire belief system running my relationship with food as there is a belief system running my relationship with money, as there is a belief system running my relationship with how we parent. So every one of our paradigms that exist in our current context are bring us back to how we were raised as children. And that is a compilation and accumulation of so many beliefs that have been handed down generation after generation within our lineage. So that, I would say, would be the second primary reason for the struggle, is we just don't know what's driving us, and therefore, we, we can't really shift it. So most of our lives, we spent resorting to trying to target these symptoms. Well, I'm feeling angry. It's probably something outside of me. You know, so the bad guy is always on the outside. The bad thing is always on the outside. The bad child is always on the outside. And it's very hard to make the correlation as to how that relates to our own personal process. So we could take that conversation, you know, and have it run for hours, but that's really a summary as to what's underneath the struggle from my perspective. Mm-hmm. I totally see this. And I see how people struggle with what's happening on social media as well as trying to look good and trying to keep up with the Joneses. And, um, and I think it, It is uh, part of our belief system as uh, when we were little ones as well, right? Mm, absolutely, yeah. When those core needs of not being seen, of not being heard, of not mm. being connected to in a meaningful way, of not being held and supported in all of our emotions, when those went unmet, and by no fault of our parents, our caregivers, it was just really the paradigm in which we existed then, we continue to look for that love and approval outside of us, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just an automatic response because in our earliest years, that was a survival instinct. Our survival was dependent on somebody loving us, on seeing us, on nourishing us, on getting that breast milk when we screamed out for it. So we continue to act in these ways as adults, unfortunately, unknowingly not realizing that it's those core emotional needs that went unmet that we are still after. And we are indirectly putting that on others. So what we will do is, yeah, try and take on the persona of perfectionism, take on the persona of a superwoman, a supermother, a superhero in our communities. And what we're doing is really giving up our core needs, our core values at any given moment to garner the love and approval of something outside of us versus had that been fulfilled in our earliest years, we would have understood that really nourishing ourselves is first and foremost. And then everything else is just, you know, it's a blessing. It's a gift. If somebody recognizes us, if we get the accolades, great. And if it doesn't happen, then that's okay too, because I know I'm strong on my own two feet. I know I can give myself what I wish to give myself. Yeah. So, How is where we found ourselves today perhaps uh, the greatest collective opportunity we have to heal from intergenerational patterns? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So what I love about where we're at right now is we've been so abruptly faced with a halt on life. 
there is very little room for distraction. I mean, unless we're, we're succumbing to the news and media and everything outside of us, which I think many of us are, are still impacted by, and that's okay. Um, there's a huge amount of collective energy that's moving in our ecosystems, and we're definitely feeling it, even if we're in full isolation at home. But what this, what this point in time is really offering us is an opportunity to really clearly see what I had deemed as normal in my life, what I had normalized in my life. And it was typically the struggle, the struggle around money, the struggle around parenting, the struggle around food habits, the struggle around relationship. And now it's becoming really laser clear as to what's not working and what we need to shift because we are feeling so compelled in this moment to perhaps let that go if we have the right support around us. You know, and this is why community, that's a whole nother conversation again, but community is so important. That's why these podcasts are so great because what we see is others taking steps towards a better version of themselves, a version of themselves that represents the truth of who they are so they can show up as a better parent so they can show up more in their purpose, so they can show up more in their joy. So I think what's happening is we pull away from a lot of the busyness, life on the treadmill. I mean, Genevieve, you've gone through our, our initial program, which is called the Balancing mm-hmm. Act, and it really focuses on how distracted of a life do we actually maintain? And for most of us, the answer is we are heavily, heavily distracted in our lives. We literally get up, we're busy with the kids, we run to work, we come home, we reach for the food or the glass of wine, go back to work, you know, as it may be in our home offices, and then we go to bed. And we're just constantly running on this autopilot. So what's happening right now is that is being interrupted. And it's not by choice for most of us. You know, it's really uh, a force of nature that's gotten us to this point of really seeing what's not working in our lives. So that's where I see the opportunity really being. And what comes after that abrupt halt of deciding or being forced into a pause is this cocooning stage, reflecting on what's really happening for me. Where am I not able to show up and what do I really need in these moments? What can I ask for? What support can I call in? And I think this is a real transition point, you know, as we talk about the busy caterpillar a lot, going around creating, you know, inevitably a lot of destruction in their busyness, really coming back to self and saying, who can I be in this moment now with the support that I've built in? to my life. And if I haven't built that in, how can I call it in in this moment of transition? So that's where I really see us going as a humanity. For those of us that are willing to look at this, not as a quick upset in our schedule, but as a real chance to transform ourselves in this period of pause. Because we know that if this virus situation was over tomorrow, a lot would just return. A lot would just return to what they've normalized over their life, which is most often the struggle. So this is, again, going back to the symptom level, really a chance for us to get under the symptoms and assess what the beliefs are that are driving our way of life and how we can transform those. 
Awesome. So yeah, so what can we do as a first step in clearing what we are carrying so that we can live more freely on purpose and in our joy? In other words, if we feel like we've done and tried so many different things and it's just not working. Mm, yeah. I love that because I so much relate to that in the sense that I had read all the books, I had listened to the podcast, well, maybe not back then, a number of years ago, but I had done a lot of the externalization. You know, I had looked for answers outside of me, but the one thing that I couldn't get myself to doing was slowing down enough to feel my feelings. And that is really the first step to sitting in our own discomfort. And Genevieve, you felt this through the balancing act. It's really, uh, that's the real calling for self, is let's now start embracing our humanness. This whole virus is really giving us an opportunity to reconnect to our humanity. Because so often we're trying to escape that. We're trying to be the perfect model for our children. We're trying to be the perfect mother. We're trying to be the perfect employee. We're trying to be the perfect boss. And what this is allowing us to do is take a step back and say, wait a second, I am human. I have had needs that have gone unmet. I do currently have some needs that do need to be met in order for me to continue. But it's only with sitting with our emotions and identifying that all of those raw parts of ourselves that we've neatly tucked away, that we've packaged, that we've said, well, that's not good. Because if I reveal that out in the world, it may mean that I don't get the love and approval that others are giving me. If I put on this perfect hat, if I wear multiple hats, if I run myself into the ground, if I stay on the treadmill. So really that first, that first step is sitting with the discomfort of saying, yes, I am fear. I am discomfort. I am disease at times, you know, and I can feel it in my body. I am sadness. I am not allowing myself to step into my real life purpose. I am the upset, the angry, the triggered mother. And it's with this sitting with comes this beautiful, gentle compassion that allows us to accept. And then from the acceptance comes that release. And as we release, we start to clear space and say, oh, there's some space for me to invite in a new way of being. But it is a process. It's not something that can happen overnight. It can happen in a 300-page book. There's no intellectualizing this process. There's no shortcuts. It's really like once you're on this path, you're on the path because you are really deeply committed to a better version of yourself at that point. And you know in your heart when you have that calling. I think you ladies here know that as well, you know, that you've had that calling to really show up in your purpose and encourage others to take the lead on their life and navigate themselves towards something greater than they could have ever imagined. So that's really the first step that we invite people into is sit with yourself and alleviate the burdens, alleviate the distractions that you've been living with because they're not serving you anymore. Mm -hmm. When I did the balancing act, uh, one main thing then um, I was left with is, and it's not something that I didn't know about, and it's not something I'm mm. not practicing, but uh, it was something I revisited at different level because we all grow at different level or we're all at different places in our life. Mm. And um, 
for me, it was about the choices. And I think I'm just basically saying it in, uh, in my own gen words here. But mm. uh, when some th- certain feeling comes, when you see the, the tsunami or the little wave or the big wave comes, and it was, a, it was clear for me, then I have a choice, mm. right? To say no mm. or to say yes, to ride the wave or jump over the wave, but to design my life around it. And, uh, and it, it came from freedom. Mm. So that's one of the main things for me that uh, I, I was left with, with other other things as well. We only have half an hour, right? But uh, mm. <laughs> for me, it was a really good way to put it in a very clear words, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's so relevant what you share for this time because we are in the tsunami. We are right in the midst of the storm. I think we can all feel it energetically and otherwise, you know, even in terms of the pivots that we're having to make with our children's schedules and not being able to go outside as freely as we once did and drop into restaurants and call in the takeout, you know, all these conveniences that we once had have now come to a halt again. So what I'm really, really loving is that we do have a choice in this moment, not of our external circumstances, but how we manage ourselves, how we shift our emotional states in that moment. And it's not to say that the anger won't come up, that the fear won't come up, that the sadness won't come up. No, let it come up. But in that moment is this invitation to say, I am responsible for this. And with that responsibility of saying, mama needs 10 minutes, I need an out. I need 10 minutes in the morning to journal and set intention to my day. That's where the freedom comes in. And it's such a beautiful dance that we step into at that moment because it's really saying that, yeah, I have a choice right now as to how I perceive these circumstances if I just give myself anywhere from one to 10 minutes. Really, like that's all it takes to shift our state in that one moment. So I love that because it's so applicable to parenting as well. So often we think, again, going back to control, that things are way beyond our control, way beyond our you know, our ability to be any different in that moment. But the truth is we can be any which way, no matter what is happening. It's really about the trained mind, the trained mind and the trained breath and the trained attention and the trained intention and the trained presence. So really, I I love this all that's happening right now in some ways, because these are training grounds. We are now having an opportunity to practice present like never before. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I do feel that actually. <laughs> I am actually mm. embracing this to, and me and my husband, we have, we created a new schedule that works for both of us and we, um, we taking turns getting up with the kids and the other person can sleep in because sometimes mm. we have to work in the evening because we have to mm. share our time with the kids, but uh, it's okay. And then there's been some nights now we stop and we watch a movie together. When was the last time we did this? So, <laughs> I'm, so I'm kind of choosing right now to look at this as taking a step back and not having the, the tight chest anymore and not taking mm. the situation. Uh, I don't want to feel the stress about it. I'm just staying home. So I'm not putting myself in a situation where I will be stressed. And I think Heather, Mm. you were sharing something about that with me earlier as well, right? Because we're home where I'm not feeling stressed right now. I know. And I almost feel bad that I'm not. (laughs) 
<laughs> because I feel like I'm in this little bubble. And I mean, I'm very fortunate. My husband is still working. And so financially, we're okay. Because I can understand if like that wasn't if he was laid off, that would be a totally different situation. But because we're okay that way, and we have our health, and I'm a stay home mom anyways. So really, other than the fact that I don't get to go to preschool twice a week with my son, or we don't get to actually physically go to play dates, my life hasn't changed that much other than I haven't mm. been out in three weeks. <laughs> mm. so, and so when I envision what the world looks like out there, it's still as it was, because I haven't mm. been out, I haven't seen what it looks like now. So I'm in mm. this little protective bubble. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> should I be worried more? <laughs> but with that no, but the thing is, because if you just yeah, if you just choose, like, to this is what it is and you be with it and mm-hmm. you, instead to resist the whole thing, it just makes it so much worse when you just resist it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And you are sending incredible, incredible vibes out there. And I think that is a big part of our responsibility, which we've been discussing, right, is to do our emotional homework so that we can be with the present moment as it is and enjoy it. There doesn't need to be guilt around that. But I think, you know, where the real open heartedness comes in is when we acknowledge both ends of the spectrum. You know, we're understanding, you're understanding, um, Heather, that there are deaths happening, that this is a pandemic, that it is affecting our global context. You're not ignorant of that. I'm sure that you followed enough of the news and you've heard and social media. So we can be aware of that while also being aware of what a gift it is in this moment that we're having to recreate and design new possibilities for the future. Like the movie night with mm-hmm. the husband, right, Jen? Like, you know, being present with our children, like the sleep-ins, like really nourishing our bodies. So I think when we're aware of both ends of that, that's when we can really come to this point of neutrality. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's not making us... We're not contributing by being in our defeat, in our self-defeat or our anxiety or our pain or our worry, right? We are not, we are not contributing to the collective consciousness in a, in a powerful way at those points, if the intention isn't to move out of that, that, uh, that fear state. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, because Heather and I, we both don't have someone right now at the hospital that is on a ventilator, mm. right? I'm sure that would, that would switch Oh yeah, uh, that situation mm. and the feeling. And uh, yeah, that would they definitely would have a big switch if my parents or my mom's uh, would be uh, unwell or sick right now. So mm. uh, we're fortunate, I think, right now to be healthy and be able to stay home and enjoy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ashley, I have a more question for you. Um, What are the core needs of our children at this time and for us as parents? Mm. I believe, and this is the foundation of raising humanity really, is that connection is at the middle point of it all. When we are connected with ourselves as parents, we naturally open up the gateway to connect with our children. When we are disconnected with ourselves, who we are, what our values are, what we need in this moment, when we are malnourished in terms of our, you know, our heart fulfillment, nourishment, then naturally we will be breaking down the connection with our children. So I think connection is the end game for all of us. It starts with connection with self, but that's also nurtured through connection with community, which is what you're doing right here. It's what we're doing through our free forum that we're running right now for a couple of weeks. 
we require connection. Most of our pain, most of our beliefs, most of our mistrust, most of our not enoughness, all of this has been created in connection. So in order for it to be undone, we need to be in the context of connection. And this is why so much of our growth happens in community, because we see opportunities for allowance. We see others stepping out and we say, oh, wow, that's possible. And I would actually recommend that we see that possibility in our children as well. I think most of us probably listening have seen opportunities through our children. Oh, they're in joy despite the spilt milk. They're in their full allowance to express themselves and sing and dance as they're walking down the street. So connection really offers us an opportunity beyond what the mind can comprehend. Now, connection has a number of pillars that support it, or hubs, I should say. So corner points of connection are really, I like to reference Dr. Neufeld's uh, three main points that he believes um, are required through early development of children. This is real rest, real play, and real, real tears. So the rest we've touched on, you know, the sleep-ins, the not needing to be anything for anyone else, really being in the comfort of our home space and allowing ourselves just to be with no expectations on ourselves, not needing to perform for the outside world. The play, I think, is not only necessary for children, but deeply, deeply necessary for adults to come into their full expression, to come into their aliveness, to come into this much sought after connection. Play, play, play in whichever way you can. Try new things, be creative, write, dance, skip, you know, do these things that really bring that soul energy alive, that which we're all born out of. And then the third is tears, which has been the foundation of everything we've talked about here. Allow yourself to move through your tears. Allow yourself to shed. It's so cathartic to feel your feelings and really be in contact with your deeper inner self. So tears, I think, are as important for children as they are for adults. Because when we don't feel our tears, when we're not given space to have our tears, then we get stuck. And this is when we become children in adult bodies in some ways, because we are still operating as our three-year-old or a five-year-old or a 10-year-old self down the line because we weren't allowed, we weren't given the space to have our tears that were very necessary to get over whatever pain we were experiencing in that moment, whether it was a popsicle that dropped to the ground, whether it was us stubbing our toe, you know, these kind of things can create great impact for our future lives when they're not addressed, when they're not comforted in that moment. So this is really, I think, the underbelly of connection. Mm. So often we wish for connection in a moment, but it's not possible because we've missed the cues as to how we need to be connecting with ourselves along the way and what we need to be looking out in relationship with our children to really garner honest and authentic connection. Thank you so much, Ashley. We can find you on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. Where else mm -hmm. can we find you? Yeah, so our website is raisinghumanity.com. We have all our programs. We have our events listed there. We also have access to a free forum that we're currently running. It's uh, live spaces, a lot of guided facilitation with uh, mentors, coaches, Um, play experts from around the world. And these are spaces for families to come into, children to come into, adult-only spaces for us to really connect, for 
for us to be seen, for us to be heard, for us to experience what it's like to step into new possibility, but also honor the grief, the sadness, the letting go, whatever process we may be moving through in the moment. So all that information is on the website. You can also find us on Facebook. Our community is located at Raising Humanity Village on Facebook. And we also on Instagram can be found at Raising Humanity. Awesome. Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Ashley and Heather, for taking the time to be here and helping us be the best parents we can be. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and you can also join us on social.mom. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are inviting you to share it on your social media. As we all know, parenting can be hard. <laughs> Definitely. Ladies. Yes. <laughs> so remember, it's important to so. laugh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so remember to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. So thank you for listening, everyone. Take care of yourself and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Mm-hmm.